Welcome, everyone, to your host, Mordechai Weimerger, OCSW. That's Mordechai Weimerger, licensed clinical social worker. We're here to take your questions or comments about the mental health field. Any subject that you have is something that we're looking forward to taking. The number to call in with your question or comment is 718-683-5858. That's 718-683-5858. Looking forward to taking your questions or comments that you have. There is an interesting concept that is going on that I'd like to discuss. And for those of you that know Meretz I plan on doing an anxiety to serenity workshop. And what I find interesting is, and I'd like to discuss it a minute, and not even to promote the number for those of you listening for signing up, it's more just to get an awareness. Anxiety is not a topic, is not an issue that just happens. That's why I like, I personally enjoy working on anxiety or depression, single entity issues, because it's a way of thinking. If you can help a person change their way of thinking, then automatically the anxiety can disappear, the stress can disappear. And the mistake that so many of us make is that we assume that this level of thinking or this level of living is normal when it's not. So we're getting messages on the phone line where people are calling up and saying, or sending messages and saying that they have a friend, that their parents' house looks like a museum, and when, we t- and when they would try to tell their friend, you know, it's like too much, or let go a little, or it's not needed, they don't even understand them, and they look at them as if they are the ones with an issue. And if we can recognize that many times the body will speak in, if we are too anxious, we start getting headaches, we start getting pressure. We start feeling that we're not able to be successful, we're not able to be alive, we're just feeling depressed, and all for simple reason. All simply because what's happening is that when people are having a certain way of thinking, a certain level of expectation, a certain level of trappedness, that it's not working out, then there is a stress that happens. So what we want to recognize is that If we can change our way of thinking, we change so much in what happens. And not only that, but it happens in a level that it changes generations, not just us, not just our children, but even our grandchildren. How many of us have a grandparent or someone that we know or a great aunt that's stressed and nervous, and when they come around, somehow it's always getting nervous and tension. Our goal, if we can, is to learn to think differently, to know anxiety is a very treatable and workable disorder, that therapy changing our way of thinking, talking it out with someone, svarim, medication, natural stuff. These are all techniques that can help, but to realize that anxiety is very workable. And now we're going to go to some of our callers. Again, the number to call in is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And we have Mrs. R. on the air with Mordechai. Hello? Yes. Yeah. Um, hi. Um I called in um, previously. Um, I have a special needs child. Yeah. And um, so my question is, um, my special—it's not, it's not a parenting question, okay? Um, my special needs child um, fights a lot with my younger, with his younger sibling, and like Mamish all day he. He mom she abuses her, like he holds pull his hair and her hair and ki- kicks her, um and and 
I'm afraid that I want to know if you think that it will affect her in the long run. You tell me. Because from well, what, what, what do you I, think? I, I, what do you I'm think? First, my... what do you think? I was thinking probably yes. Okay, now let's take it a step further. How does certain things affect others? Like when you say you think it will affect, what makes children be affected by something? Now let me help you out. Yeah. That means that if let's say someone is being trapped, someone is being hurt, and we're not protecting the kid, then the kid grows up saying, I need to protect myself from men. I need to protect myself from older brothers. I need to protect myself from people. And I don't have my family that is helping me. And I don't feel safe, and I don't feel secure. Now, these people start developing a belief and a pain in life that it's not working, that life isn't there to protect me, and they feel vulnerable and afraid. So if it happens once or twice and you protect your daughter, if you're able to, when it gets older, to find a way to protect her, then she will feel there are people that hurt me sometimes, and it's normal for brothers and sisters to fight, but I'm also being protected. Parents are discussing it, and that's the she, issue. She's, so, she's a, a, little, a small, small child, young child. She's not even two years old. So, Now, if you want to know if it will affect her now by what the brother is doing, probably not that much. But in the long run, if this continues, it will affect that's her. That's right, because then a kid will feel, hey, whenever I come home, I get beaten up. No one protects me because he's the problem kid, and they can, and they can take care of me. And they, you know, so, no one's so what am I supposed to do? Um, go for advice. Now you need professional help. Notice you said you have a special needs child. When a yeah. special needs, there are therapists that will guide you how to deal with special needs. This is a very detailed, specific question. It's not a general question. Mm-hmm. And there is are ways. Like- you're not, unfortunately, the first one to have a special needs child. You're not the first one to have a special needs child that has behavioral issues that can turn over an entire family. So, I mean, I, I have to take my... That's when child for personal No, or, you, you. Or me, I have to take a... You need to go best. now for advice on how to handle a special needs child when he is making lots of trouble in the house, fighting and kicking. Mm-hmm. You need special guidance. They because eventually afterwards it starts becoming... Um, that if, I, if I say something that, that he doesn't like, he'll start kicking me and... You know, doing this That's right, and me. you need to be the parent. You need to have the tools, and there are tools for that. That is a parenting tool question, but not a parenting question for an average parenting course or a parenting therapist. You need a someone that gives guidance for children that have a that are special needs, and there are those out there. The special needs organizations have their service and have their guidance. So I'd like to thank you for calling in and for being brave enough to call. Now we're going to go now to Mordechai. Mordechai, you're here with Mordechai and Harav Nissim. Hello. Um, yes. I wanted to ask you a question. Um, sure. So go right ahead. It's probably your average uh, question. I'm a I'm a, a yeshiva bacher, and I have basically I have a friend. I'm I'm in my first year of Masifta, and he came in with, to Masifta with me. He was Wait, can you say it again? Can you just yeshiva? speak a little louder? The, uh, the last caller we were able to hear clearly, and your voice is coming out I'm a sorry. little bit lower. I'll start again. Um, I'm the I'm an average yeshiva bacher. Sure. And I'm coming into my first year of high school. Yeah. And there's there's this guy who came into high school with me from a different yeshiva. We all yeah. came from the same yeshiva, and he he sort of feels 
um, left out. Everyone tries to be his friend, and everyone likes him. He's a nice, nice guy. But he's first he started, like, just not hanging out with everyone. And all of a sudden, he's, like, he's absolutely not talking, barely coming to yeshiva and that stuff. I'm saying every, we tried everything with him. We making covers with him, going out to eat with him, all kinds of things. Wow. First of all, I mean, I don't want you to say the name of your yeshiva, but I am so impressed with what you're saying about the yeshiva. It's it's amazing to have Baruch Hashem yeshiva where the boys are seeing that someone needs someone to be there, and they're doing that. That's brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. So now, what's your question? So my question is, do you have a suggestion? I'm saying it's not working. Do you have a suggestion to really, like, I'm saying he... Uh, all of a sudden, he went well, um, from from. Yeah, I, I apparently, feels that he's not he's not together with us. I'm saying all of a sudden he started um, gaining a lot of weight and and always looking miserable. Okay. And now let's. Now your question is what to do here, correct? Correct. Well, the first step is to open up to a rebbe. Rebbeim are the first step, and even if you could to the rebbe and to the principal, that's their job. Their job is then to inform the parents. The and they're probably the aware of it. When a boy does not show up to yeshiva, they probably contact what's going on. Maybe he's they, depressed. Maybe something's going on in the family. Maybe something's going on with him. But what I want to do is I want you to realize when you're saying you're like going into first year of high school, that means we're assuming you're probably 14, 15 years old, correct? Correct. So there is so much going on that... You guys don't have the knowledge and the experience to deal with it. And what's very important is that you don't carry the emotions with you. means 14-year-old kids are supposed to feel the stress of 14-year-old issues. 20-year-old adults feel the stress of 20-year-old adults. 40-year-old adults are supposed to be feeling the issues of 40-year-olds, correct? Yeah. Now, if you're 14, 13, 14, you're carrying the O of what adults are carrying. There's a boy that's 13, 14, not going to yeshiva, staying home, acting very depressed, and he's gaining weight, which is telling me certain things I don't want to share because I'm not sure they're just assumptions as to what might be going on. But the main goal is that we want you to be able to be a healthy teenager. For you to be a healthy teenager is for you to inform the yeshiva saying, we care about this boy. We want to be his friend. What should we do? Let the parents, let the Hanhola guide us. The Hanhola might tell you, you know something, he's going through certain things, but if we have on Friday, Bachram Gova, you visit him at home, you go to, you, you call him up to learn with you, Bacharusashaft, you call at night, and every, you know, let's say every night someone else will call him, just let's learn a couple of minutes, 20 minutes on the phone. They will guide you. Let the yeshiva, let the principal, let the Rebbe guide you. The Rebbeim are there to help kids, everyone. And they were willing to do that. And I think it's amazing. I don't want you to carry the O on your head. The O deserves to be with the adults, with the teachers, with the Rebbeim, with the Menahalim, and with the parents. And if you want to be really nice, you can ask the Yeshiva, the parents, and the, um, the Menal, and the Rebbe. And then you can even call up the house and tell the parents, you know, we really want to be his friend. You know, we really want to connect. Is there anything I can do? And you could say, I have five friends with me that all want to do something. Is there anything we can do? That will go a long way for the for the parents. Um, the so actually, so we, I'm saying we spoke to the 
uh, I'm saying the Rabbeim spoke with us plenty of times and told us what to do. And he spoke with the Rabbeim. I'm saying, I'm saying, I think the Manal speaks to him like every day. And and he's a really he's a good kid. He he knows how to learn, but he just something. That I, I'm I'm pretty sure there's something um, wrong in his family, and we just and I'm not sure if if calling the parents will help. Help, I can try. Is that is that like the best is that the best suggestion? The first step is the yeshiva. First step is a rebbe and your manal and the principal. They're going to guide you. Telling the parents is what it's doing is it's giving the parents the feeling that kids are there, which they might even tell this friend saying, "Look, these three four boys all called together said they'd love to help any way they can." Okay, thank you. Contact, but don't take the all on you. Once you've done that. You are off the hook. It's not your job. Don't carry it. You're meant to be now a 13, 14, 15-year-old teenager. Learn. Steig. You wanna, it's still on your head. Two weeks later, you could go again over to the teacher, to the rabbi, to the principal, call the parents again. But not more than that. Okay? okay. Thank you great. very much. You're very welcome. Have a great day. Ah, my, my pleasure. And I want you to know it's a schuss to hear your question. I'll tell you why. Because many times when I see the younger generations, I can even say my generation when we were younger, not that many of us really stood up when you saw an older person sitting for a place in the Bismedrish. Not that many. And I could say it disappointed me then when I was a teenager. And seeing it now in this generation, almost completely non-existent, really happens to bother me. But to see a call that a young teenager calling up, 13, 14, 15, saying there's a boy in your class and having a difficult time, and what do you do to help us? And by the girls, you have it more common than by the boys to hear that. I want you to know it's a huge Kiddush Hashem that you're doing just for me to see that there is a lot of hope for this generation. I know it. But what I like doing is when you can have someone illustrate it, someone stand up and say, this is what I'm doing, there's the silent majority concept. The concept of a silent majority is that we have most of the people have a certain healthy way of thinking. A few people make the problems, like we had, unfortunately, in Kali when we were leaving Mitzrayim. There was an Erev Rav, a very small percentage, but they made the problems that the silent majority, that most of us, of all Kali Yisrael, were healthy and we're okay, and unfortunately we suffer because of those people that make noises. To have you stand up in a healthy level and to say this is the right thing to do and you're calling it in. Do you know how many teenagers listen to these programs that will say, wow, we could do this, could care. Let's announce to the Rebbe, to the Manal, we're here to help if we see another kid in our class having a problem. We're here to call up the parents and say we're available. You standing up is the Nachshim Ben Aminodov to go jump into the ocean and to say I'm willing to stand up. So I really appreciate your question so much more than just your question on being a teenager and not taking a big all on you. So thank you for that. Thank you. I'm saying I'm not the only one. I'm saying besides my grade, my my entire besides my class, my entire grade is uh, are, are constantly trying to to get them in, like to get them to to play games with us, basketball, everything. Ashrecha to you, Ashrecha to your class, Ashrecha to your grade, and Ashrecha to Klal Yisrael that we are Baruch Hashem having teenagers with such an awareness. Thank you. I appreciate you. your call. We okay. also got a beautiful feedback that someone has sent us over here to the jrootradio.com, and this was regarding the first caller about the mother, that she has a special needs kid, and it goes as follows. The mother of special needs kids should ask his therapist what to do. My son's see it helps me so much with my son's behavior. So thank you for that. It's really, really an important 
concept to have people share what information you've got. We are going to go to Ms. A. Ms. A, you're on the air with Mordechai. I'm like a really quiet girl. I'm in eighth grade. So yep. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make friends. <laughs> ah, so you're nervous about going into high school, into ninth grade. Is that what you're nervous about? Yeah. Yeah, you're nervous because you're quiet. And, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to make friends. Right. Let me ask you, what are you so nervous about talking with your friends? Why don't you just talk? I'm just so quiet that it's just, everyone's like, I don't know, it's just too much. Let me ask you something, and tell me if you're ready to understand this. Do you think that you're a real quiet girl if you can call up to the radio when thousands well, of people I really, are listening? I don't know what to do. Well, before we go out to do, are you really quiet if you can do that? First, let's challenge a thought. Well, I can't talk to a lot of people. Nobody knows who I am, so then it doesn't matter. Let's start a second. Are you quiet? Let's start with step one. You're jumping to step five, speaking to a group. Let's start step one. Can you speak to one to a person one-on-one? Yeah, I could. Like, I talk to my mother. Yeah. You talk to your mother? Yeah. Do you talk to me? I mean, I am talking to you. Exactly. So you are talking to me. Are you smart? I don't mean genius like smart, book smart. Are you just someone that you won't be, like in the middle of us talking conversation, all of a sudden start changing subjects about the sun and the moon? Well, I don't know. I mean, I just, it's very hard to talk to, like, people. I can't. Like, what would you say talking. if I tell I you I have the same issue? I can't or used to have it a lot more? Huh? I can't go into the conversation. Well, you are doing a great conversation with me. But it's not like a group conversation, like talking about ah, reset. So let's recognize one of the things that happens with anxiety, and not that you have anxiety, but I'm just discussing it because I'm doing now a workshop on anxiety starting this week. And what happens is when we have a fear, we see one problem and now we blow it up. And what do I mean when we say we blow it up? We explode the problem all over. So imagine there are ten times you could speak to someone one-on-one, which you're doing great with me. You're brave to call up. You know how many people are sending us messages that they're afraid to be on air, but so they're afraid to have their voice recognized and things like that? And because of that, they're afraid, and you're able to do that. So do you see that you're brave, you're confident, but what happens is sometimes what the fear is that it blows up everything. But it's still, I don't know, because I just stand outside and then I just can't get into the group. Now, how can we realize and recognize that you want to start one step at a time? You don't want to focus on the big picture, get accepted. Can you focus on thinking all you need to have is just one friend? Stop thinking... Stop thinking in the big terms. Stop thinking in the huge, those huge terms. You've got to get in. You've got to fit. You have to have your group. Can you focus one step at a time? That's how we tackle it. It matters. I don't know. I don't ah, know I that's it. When you think, now imagine I have to figure out that I've got to conquer the entire world in one day. There's a saying in English, Rome wasn't built in a day. Do you know why they have that saying? No. Do you ever hear that saying? No. 
Okay, so let's not use that saying. What I would like to re- you to recognize is that there's another saying in English called we make a, an ant out of, uh, you know, let's not go into sayings. Let's just recognize a simple concept. The concept is that when we think very big, you're going to get overwhelmed and you'll lose everything. Okay. Could you get that concept? Could you understand that? Yeah. Good. Now, are you worried about the whole year how you're going to make friends and you don't have to make friends in groups, so therefore you're already worried you're going to lose everything? You won't have friends. It's going to be a failure. You're going to be quiet. You won't be able to learn. You won't have who to study with. You're going to be that quiet, shy girl. No one's going to look at you. Is that what you're worried about? It happened already. Of course. Of course it happens. And that's usually what happens when we focus on the big problem. How about if your goal is I just need to make one friend today? Could you make one friend and stick to that one friend and then maybe two friends? No groups. Leave groups out. Can you jump to eighth grade before you learn first grade math? Can you do eighth grade math before you went to first grade math? No. Can you learn times and division before you know plus and minus? No. I'm not hearing you. No. All right. So you're trying to be busy how to make group friends when you first want to master step one. Step one is have one-on-one friends. Yeah, I think so. Thank you. What? And once you get to have one-on-one friends and you have three or two or three one-on-one friends, now you start making a group from that. So from those three one-on-one friends that you have, you'll probably have a group of you. And from those three, probably two of those will be a friend. Now you're a group of three girls. But when you've got to be groups with the big ones and you have to have friends with everyone, it's going to be overwhelming. We always start small, very small. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense? So. Now, how do you feel when you realize you're going to be going to high school and your only goal is just to make one friend? I think I could do it. Yeah. Do you feel now so overwhelmed? Are you so worried? No. Now, I'm a big believer in not waiting for then to do it right. I'm a big believer in starting now. Do you think tomorrow, when you still have another two weeks left for school, and we also have the summertime coming, you could aim to make friends with one or two girls only? So yeah, in school, you're going to start speaking to one girl. Do you think you could even do that tomorrow? I could try. Yeah. Great. And you can start discussing finals. You can be discussing what they're going to do in the summer. Pick topics that, that's going on right now. Are those subjects going on right now? Yes. Excellent. So you could go over to them. By the way, I'm studying for this. Are you studying? Do you need help studying? I would like to study with you. Can we get together? Just try to connect to one person at a time and talk to them for like three, four days, and then don't get stuck. Many times when people start connecting to one friend, they like get stuck on that one friend. That's why I want you to be able to connect to two or three friends. Okay. Makes sense? A lot. Now, how does that feel when you think about going to ninth grade next year to a whole new high school? Um, well, I think I, I, if I make one friend, I think, I think I could do it. You got it. Now, do you see how we made a huge shift? Almost all stress, fear is when we look at the whole world and everything that has to get done. 
But when we can just stay focused on the right now, on the here and now, just make that one friend, do the next step that we need, then we can do it. Okay. And yeah, this is okay. one of the biggest sayings in Yishkite. That's what we have about the Torah telling us, just do one step. There's a saying that the Gemara says, to fast the Maruba, if you want to get everything, you want to grab everything, like be friends all over, to fast, you won't have anything. We'll drop it. So we've got to go small mm-hmm. and start little steps. And with the little steps, we go great. Make sense? Yeah. Excellent. Thank yeah. you for calling in. And the number to call in is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And we are going to Ms. B. Ms. B, you're on with Mordechai. Yeah, hi. Um, I'm in high school, and um, my grades are pretty well, and I'm happy. But um, my friends, they're, I have a problem with my friends, that they're very, they're, I used to I used to have regular friends and everything, and now they're very they just they became now a lot of new girls come in, so yeah. they became now everyone has their camp friends and everything they became like a little bit like not their heritage, and I don't really I don't enjoy I don't want to become like them and I don't want to be them and I can't I can't have normal friends if if I don't I I don't look up to them and I don't want to be friends with them. And it's just, it's, it's, I feel like I have to sit by the side, like by recess, and it's... So your entire class is chutzpahdig? Not my entire class, but like a big majority of my class. All right. Now, notice, you know how majorities are formed? How do people get to be majority? Like you the start with more one. popular girls. Yeah, well, you start with one, you go to two, you go three... And then that, after a certain while, becomes a tipping point, tipping point level. And then it becomes a majority, and then people see everything. Well, since you said it's most of your class, the good news is that it's not everyone in your class. How many, do you think, how many people do you think you can hook up to that are good, nice, behaved people? Well, there are some good girls in my class, but... Yeah, how not, many girls? Tell me, give me a number. How many good girls are there? Um... Not too many. Um, like is there more than three out of girls? Is a lot. Is are there three? Yeah, there are. Yeah, there are more than three. Excellent. Yeah. Now, what would happen if you and three good girls get together and you team up and you start including and behaving well? What do you think will happen? Um. Well, it might work, but I don't. Th- those girls are not. We don't really, it's like, it's not convenient for us to be friends because we're not in the same class. And it's just like, like, let's say in the middle of class, like, I, the girl sitting there being the goody-goody while everyone else, well, just about everyone else or girls at the other side of the class, and I feel stupid, and it's... Good, so now so let's go to your class. class. How many girls in your class are good? Very, very little. Yeah, are there more than two? Maybe. Two good. or three, I... That's Very more than good. enough. You will find that most of the girls, most of the children, most adults follow the masses. It means they follow what people do. And you ask them, why are you doing it? And they say, because, oh, that's what everyone is doing. I've got an entire chapter in my book which is devoted to this concept. And the concept is that people are just following, not because they're thinking. 
And if you can get a group going, that's what makes us leaders. You start it, you'll see how many people will be following you. Chapter 4 is about releasing our free choice, recognizing what do we want. That's the goal. Right, so I, I, don't, I, I don't join them. And, but now, I, I, I know that. I'm now talking about step 2. You got to the level where you're not joining them. Yeah. What I want you to start doing is, I want you to start building it up where you'll start creating your momentum of positive. I want you to approach your teacher. The teacher will help you. Tell the teacher, I want to get a group or maybe two, three girls, and we'll start talking about good stuff. We'll start behaving nicely. The teachers can help you out. That's the power of a teacher. I don't, I don't really feel comfortable going to my teacher and telling them. Ah, that's the issue now. Now is where you've got to start going out of your comfort zone. You've got to start asking. You've got to start being strong enough. You want something to happen, you've got to do it. That's the difference between a kid and an adult. A kid is used to, I'm not comfortable, we complain, it's not fair, I don't like to go to school. And I don't mean to be tough on you, I'm just saying in general. Yeah, but like we're, we're used to, as kids, we want things to happen. What we learn in adulthood is things don't happen. We need to make them happen. And with Siata Deshmaya, they will actually happen. But we need to do the steps. If you want to have a change, you want it to get better, you've got to stand up to the plate. It's gotta, it will be uncomfortable. That's part of adulthood. That is part of adulthood. It is uncomfortable, I guarantee you. But it will happen with Siata Dishmaya. So You're I don't really reach have... out for help. It will happen. So there's not really a certain teacher that I would go over to because it's every teacher has their subject and it's like... Who is what? the main teacher? Who is the main teacher? Not one that I would go over to. And my mother would not want me to go over to either. Well, you see, what, you, know what, you know what makes this phone call so difficult? You're telling me what can't happen. I can't help any clients of mine when they say what can't happen. Tell me what you could do to change it. Well, I guess there uh, are a bunch of other teachers, but I could no, 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 go over no, no, to them. No, but tell me what, could, what you can do. We're changing the concept of can't to can. I, if I give you every issue that I have in my life, I can't do anything about any of them, and then I'll stay in the victim stage. That's what I'm explaining to you. We're changing it now to start thinking like an adult. If you think about what can't happen, it will not happen. If you start thinking, what can I do? How will it happen? Then it will happen. I'm not really sure. Good. That's your exercise now. So you'll be able to think, discuss it with your mother, start learning to reach out for help, Stop thinking in your limited view of no one can help me and it's stuck this way. I promise you and guarantee you that that's not correct. There are a lot of people that can help you. There are a lot of solutions, but you first got to get out of this is how it is. It's stuck. The minute you start thinking how can it happen, you will find that major success happening. One of the top people that think that way are Tamidah Chachamim. One of the top people that think that way are businessmen. They don't go into, I can't make it happen. They contact the people. How do we make this happen? They contact us, How do we get this to happen? So let's the say I go to contact lawyers, accountants. How do you make it happen? The shift between childhood is, it's not fair. I don't like it. I'm stuck to adulthood of, I know it's uncomfortable, but I will do it anyhow. I know it's uncomfortable. I don't see any ways for advice or any ways so, out. But I will ask advice. That is where the power comes from. Yes, yeah, so let's say if I ask my teacher and... Um, there's, I can't change, she's not going to change my class. 
and I don't... You'll notice, um, you see, you're already trying to... How old are you, roughly? Um, um, in the beginning of high school. Okay. So let's assume you're 14 years old, just yes. an assumption. Okay. How many years' experience teaching do you have? I don't have any. Don't have any. How many problems have... How many ninth graders, let's say, or tenth graders, have you taught that, that you should know how to deal with this? Uh, none. Probably zero, right? Now, how many years does your teacher have? Does your principal have? Do the board members have? Well, my Many principal years. might have some, but I don't... Do you, mm-hmm. Do you think your teachers is the first year that they're teaching? Some of them. Yeah, but what about the main one? The main one I wouldn't really go over to. That's my problem. Again, you're limiting yourself, so go over to the principal. You got to start thinking. I'm, I'm, I can't help you. See, this is now one-on-one therapy. You're telling me what you can't do. That's what we. That's what one-on-one. What I'm here to do is just to change the concept. We want you to start thinking. Yes, I can. How will it change? What can I do? I don't have to know the answers. That's why I'm not the teacher. That's why you're only 14 years old. It's the teacher's job to know. The teacher doesn't know. That's why they have a principal. The principal doesn't know. That's why they have board. That's why they have consultants who the schools who the who the schools consult with. I want to thank you for your question. Thank I appreciate you, it. And now your exercises to start recognizing and to start thinking out of the box. What I can. I'd like to make a request because we seem to have now a lot of children on the line calling. And I'd like to make a request to have some adults call in, please. So the number is seven one eight six eight three. 5858-718-683-5858. Now, may, having a request, if we can please have some adults, because we've got several teenagers still on the line, which is okay to take them, but I like a variety. So, Hashem, they will still stay on the line, and we will be getting back to them. And for those of you listening, I'd like to share with you the concept of what we had with this teenager that just called in. Did you notice how there's like this dark view, we can't? I can't do this, I can't do that, and when um, this is going to be one of the concepts that we're going to be discussing in the anxiety workshop. And the concept is, if you're stuck with you can't, and you're limiting beliefs of what will not happen, then unfortunately you're right. And there's a saying that I quote several times, if you think you can, or you think you can't, you are right. And that means that what we believe what we're thinking about, that is where we are going to be stuck. So let's recognize, if we want to get out of something, we want to change, we can't say it's not going to happen. If we, stuck, if we stay stuck with that thought, it really will not happen. If we stay stuck with the concept, how, what can someone do to help change? There are no choices. Just because we don't see the options doesn't mean there aren't options out there. That's exactly why we actually branch out and we ask for advice. So there's a saying in the Gemara that says, I think it's actually Mishle, that the Gemara explains because two, one plus one doesn't equal two, but two people, one plus one can equal three. It's stronger and more powerful, and you're getting to places. So that is the concept I'd like to have. We're now going to go to Mrs. R. Mrs. R, you're on the air with Mordechai. And those of you calling in and listening now, you're listening to your host, Mordechai Weinberger, LCSW. That's Mordechai Weinberger, licensed clinical social worker. Yes, yes hello. Mrs. R. Hello, how are you? Baruch Hashem, thank you. For okay, asking. good. Um, I just wanted to give you some feedback. 
I called in, I think it was around three weeks ago. I had moved to a new area in the same city, and I was having a very hard time um, sort of Adjusting. still yes, mourning. I remember that, making friends, yes, and you weren't even um, Just mourning, and right. I felt like it was getting excessive. I wanted it to end already. Yeah. And you had, you had given me the advice to write down, make a list sort of, of everything that I'm grieving. And I must, I, I know it sounds astonishing, but I made the list, and I, I, I can only say that it just disappeared out of my head. I literally wow. have lost that sense of grief. I was wow. dealing with grief for the entire year. And yeah. after I made the list, and it was only ten things, and the, some of them were silly. I know I was laughing when I made the list, but it was something silly on the list that everyone else would think was, like, dumb. But to me, it meant something, but I never addressed it. That's and then when it. I made the list and then I put it away, and I didn't even justify anything. I didn't try to rationalize nothing. I just made it, put it away, and the grief has disappeared. It's, it's wow. just unbelievable. I felt like now, I had to give you the feedback. Now, let me share with you what you did, because I am in the technical area of this area, so to understand what's the, about what's I'm having a very hard time hearing you. You're sort of like I'm fading so- out. I'm sorry. Is it any better now? Yeah, now it's better. Yes, thank okay, you. Okay, I'll try speaking a little bit more. That's in- okay. Good. Um, let me explain to you what you did and why it worked. The okay. subconscious is a part of the brain that has stores the feelings. One of the rules of the subconscious is that it doesn't go with a logical concept. And that means that if we get 98% of the pain out, but 2% we didn't, it can't let go, and there will still be a thread. That 2% will have a thread attached to the 98% that you might have even processed. Mm-hmm. Therefore, when we start doing emotional therapy, we tell the person to express every little detail, even though it's minute, even though it sounds babyish, because once it is expressed, removed, gotten out, that 2%, it's gone. And it's it like heals, digging and out the root, on. so there's nothing to grow from it. I don't even want to use the word root because it might not be the root. It might just be a little leaf or a little thread. Uh-huh. Just going to use the word okay. thread. We didn't get it out. Okay. And many times in the morning process, when I have clients, when they unfortunately lose certain family members, either older ones or younger ones, and when you've got to go through the process, the healing process, you will be surprised that many times it could be we had a fight 10 years ago and we never resolved that. And people could go, what? how could that one fight affect you now that you're so depressed? And that is how the emotions work. means the person was nifter, the person, the relationship has ended, but we haven't closed yet that entire circuit breaker. We haven't closed it. And not that we're closing, that we're forgetting about them. But in order to start the healing process, we need to recognize that, they are, that they're gone. It's over. The Gemara explains that part of the reason why we bury a nifter, why Hashem made it that a person, like even after we're passed on, we don't see the person anymore, is because that we have to be able to continue living. And if you see the person in front of you, you will not be able to move on and to pass on and to Mm -hmm. continue moving. So the benefit and the beauty of what you've done by allowing yourself to start the levels of journaling, of just writing down all the feelings as minute and as distant and as non-applicable as it is to the moving part, but it was an old feeling, 
just helps you sever that circuit and say, not sever, I would really say process the circuit, process mm-hmm. the emotion, be able to feel it. And now once you process it correctly, you can move on. Yes, and that's, that's exactly the way I felt about it. Excellent. That's what it felt Thank like. You. It felt like it was fully processed, and therefore it was able to be closed. That's right. And it was um, very interesting. Somebody like started to ask me, why would I do something like that? Wouldn't it bring up more? And I yeah. said, you know, I don't know the answer, but I'm just going to follow the directions, and I'm going to do whatever Mr. Weinberger said, and I'll find out what happens afterwards, and I'll let you know when I told her. That's and, right. Um, and that's what happened. And I just felt like if people would know the basics and the simple exercises that can help so much, it's, it's just it's a, it's a wonderful thing. Thank you. I can you. only say Tiskel and Mitzvah. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. And about the concept, by the way, that your friend mentioned to you, like, why write it down, why bring it up? Mm-hmm. That is a concept that many people have. I don't want to go to therapy. Why bring it up? Right. Many times right. people have it with going to a doctor, especially to dentists. I hear that all the time. <laughs> it's not killing me. I don't want to go to the dentist. And the response yeah. is that when you got to go or when you got to deal with it and heal it, it doesn't bring it up. Knowing that avoiding and blocking something only damages it more, that when you're forced to deal with it, then it takes sometimes months and months of work. But just recognizing, going into it, when it's a small little situation, when you just need the filling, you just need to brush the teeth daily, that's all that you need, and then Mm -hmm. it avoids all those cavities and all those root canals and all those pulling teeth and everything else that goes along with it. That's right. So thank Thank you you for being brave enough to try it, to trust it, and to do that. I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. And again, the number to call in, the reason why I'm uh, plugging the numbers, we've got boys and children on, but I'd like to still take one more adult, and then we will go to some of the teenagers. So again, another adult, to please call in at 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. We've got Mrs. H. You're on with more. Hello. Yes. Thank you so much for taking my call. My pleasure, honor, and support. Okay, I'm calling from a teacher. I'm a teacher. Yeah. And I make a play with my students every year. Yeah. Um, and dividing the parts is the toughest part of the whole entire thing. Yeah. I would love to give every single girl the main part, but knowing it's not possible, I try my best to make every part important. And I talk to the girls and I tell them that we can have a play but we need every single girl in the class to be in the play. Yes. Um, then I still have mothers calling to complain, oh, my daughter, she's so good, and she's the star student, and she's the best, and she's the greatest. Why didn't she get what I wanted her to get? Yes. How do I deal with that? Ah, we've got that question all the time. What would you like to tell those parents, first of all? Um, what I always, I usually tell them is that we do really enjoy your daughter a lot in the class, and I would love to make the whole class of, let's say, 30 girls happy, but it's not possible to make 30 girls happy. Yeah. And what does the parent do then? Well, so first, before I gave out the parts, the phone call was, oh, my daughter's so great, my daughter's so special, she's wonderful, and just be considerate. So... 
I thought maybe that's going to help her deal with it once her daughter gets the part. But yeah. then it, it, is, it didn't. She was just too upset. Okay. Now let's take a step back. And what type of a parent gets so upset when the daughter doesn't get the part that they need? A parent. Obviously the kind of parent that thinks that only hers is great. That's right. Or has a difficulty with getting along and being part of a group which means I can share with you I was really honored and, and I had huge nachas when my daughter, my eldest daughter, when this teacher called, like, sort of told the girls, look, everyone wants to be in a certain part of the play, but we need some people doing dance. Who's, going to, who's willing to volunteer? And she also did it in a nice way. Who was last year in the certain play that had the parts in those parts that now will rotate? And my daughter volunteered. And then she tells me she was picked as head of dance. So all of a sudden, by volunteering and a couple of her friends, they got to go along so they're having a good time doing the roles, then it's not important if you're head or not. That's not the concept. The concept is that when you make a choice and you lead, what I would like to maybe suggest is if you can start showing leadership abilities within the girls and start saying, let's not focus on parts. Let's focus on who will be a leader and start volunteering and saying we don't always get everything. Now the first ones that volunteer to do other parts will then be the first ones to get different components, which means those that stand up and are willing to be mavater are those that will get to benefit in other areas. And you want to try to take those that will stand for and say, can you get some friends to do it with you? So let's assume there is a, a, a position which takes less. Let's say five girls will volunteer to do that, which is not as popular. You might say, no, these girls, we're going to give a special announcement at the play that when there are only certain parts left, we need, you know, certain roles, we ask who would be willing to be Mavata or who would be willing for the sake of everyone to have something else. This is, these are the girls that step forward and they should get a special, uh, special clap or you're able to get them a little bit of an ISIS or something natural, you know, something healthy for a dollar, which isn't much, but a reward. You'll be surprised how rewards and recognition to children, to teenagers, is a lot more than the part that they will have. So, so we want the, to change the, our concept. I'm sorry? So we want to change our concept of... It's the position that people want, and it's more the good time that they'll have. So you might be able to say, let's say position A is more popular in the play, but position B will have more fun and will create more fun there. Position C, which will have the other five girls, will give it its fun. So when you start getting the specialty to each area, there's a pride. So in the military, there's the Air Force, and they have their pride. In the Army, they have the Marines, they've got their pride. You've got the Navy, they've got their pride. Each area isn't saying, oh, we don't fly planes, or we don't specialize in the water on boats, or we're just on the ground. Each one finds the specialty. What does our unit have that's better than the other ones? So Instead the issue with that is that I always say that it's not so much the part. We, need, we can't complete the play without every single girl. I, I'm not making one part bigger than the other. I feel that this part is important and that part is important. Why are you thinking? The girls don't see that. The girls don't see that. Can you hide? What you're saying is everyone sees the head, but I'm telling you that the stomach is just as important, but everyone wants to be the head. 
can you illustrate the importance of the stomach? There's got so many enzymes in there. There's so many components. It's all around the stomach that the stomach is so important. It's what digests the food. It's what's letting us, whatever, you know, just highlight the strengths of each part. What are but the don't you think that if, if a mother would show her child that this part is important, her child would change the, the whole outlook she had on the plate? Now, let's take a step back. We've just gone out of the scope of the question, which means the question or the way I'm, I'm trying to address it. You want to do now therapy to a mother. You want a mother to understand. What happens if this mother was always the neglected mother, the neglected girl in school? She's the one that felt that because her family wasn't popular, her family didn't have money, or because she wasn't as loud as her sisters, that they always got the plays and she was always neglected. And here her daughter does not get the play. The big part. We don't know what's going on with this mother, why she's triggered. Our goal is right now, at least the way I was taking your question, how the girls should feel valued in every single position that's out there. What are the strengths in each position that a girl should not feel that they're being that they're not that there's better ones and worse stuff? So basically, I should everyone should volunteer for the part that they. That's right. That you can either give them out or volunteer, heighten the strengths to each part, and say who would like this. And sometimes I'm a big believer in what I call cheating. Means ahead of the play, you can start like ahead of giving assigning posts. You can say, you know something, if you're the more popular girls, let's let other girls that don't shine that much take the more shining positions. Maybe there's a, maybe there is a huge talent in one of these girls that didn't have the opportunity. But let's give you. Can you volunteer to another part, and we'll give you the certain strengths to there. As it is, when I give out parts, I, that's the first thing I look at where her what her position in the class is. Yeah, I I wouldn't give the popular girl to be the main part. That's right. Good. I'm just sharing with you different ideas. Excellent. So you're doing that. Many people that are listening or some aren't. That's the concept that we're just sharing right now. So basically, now, voluntarily. Mother, welcome, welcome to the world of responsibility. Okay, there so will they be should... many mothers that won't agree. This is going to happen every year. And just know it's part of the job. It has happened every single year. Exactly. And it but will continue because you've got 30 girls, let's say, or 25 girls. You've got two parents. That's 50 parents that's going to have to be pleased that in this generation, somehow we only care about the limelight and whoever's the center. And not only whoever's the center, but we need a center every single minute of every single day. So what do I say to a mother that calls me to tell me before I give out the parts that she wants her daughter to be the main part? And what you can say is, I got 30 such calls, and I really understand you, but do you understand that there is, a, that let's say, out of 25 girls, I mean, there's, a, there's, a tw there's one out of 25% that your daughter will not get that. Sorry, not one out of 25. There's one out of 25 that won't get it. Correct. So, so that's what I explained to her. But still, after that, when her daughter didn't get now, the rest is we let go. There's nothing to do. tell her. Well, um, next, speak to the principal. Pass it on. That's the benefit of having managers. Please speak to my supervisor about this. Right. So, the, so she argued me, and she said that if that's the case, my, the principals have no clue what my daughter is doing in class, how she is in class. She could just tell. She could just know from you what my daughter is. That is again. Again, I, I hear what you're saying. That's why I have a supervisor. Go ahead. My supervisor is the principal. Please speak to the principal, and the principal will tell me what to do. 
If it's up to me, you're not giving me a choice. There are 25 calls that come in the same way. My job is to make a different decision. I heard you. I appreciate your call. But now anything above that, you want to be guaranteed you'll get the slot, that can only come from my principal. Okay. Thank you so much. Pass it on. That's what we do. That's what you do in... In many different areas, when you've got difficult people, you don't want to spend your energy. If you're going to spend now and be drained, that's what, first of all, that is the job of a principal, by the way. They're not in the classroom, so they're able to deal with If they've got ten teachers under them, and from ten teachers there might be two parents that they have issues with, that's 20 parents that they need to deal with. That takes up an entire week of your day, an entire Mo- week work. Mordechai. Correct. Yes. Can I just jump over one of these the basic love? The issue that I love very much, parents-teacher oh. <laughs> parents, teacher relationship. And yeah. I really appreciate the teachers that call and I appreciate the decency because many times you find teachers that don't stand up on their belief and then what happened? They create mistrust between the children and the, the authority and the teachers. And this is one of the cases that, you know, parents are pushing the luck and they're pushing the, the kids all the way to the top without any uh, excuse, you know, and the teachers cannot stand it up and sometimes even the principal cannot stand up. And uh, you right. shall to you, teacher, that stand up and just explain it to the, the dear parents that not every single life what they wanted. Thank you, but the, 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 uh, with that, parents should see that teachers don't mean the bad for their girls. Exactly. We are, we are here for the chinuch of our daughters, and it can only go with positive, um, with communication. I don't know if there's a teacher out there that wants the bad for her students. Uh, yes, uh, I, I hope that you're right, and I don't think that intentionally we said in the, the, the way to hell is full of good attention. Sometimes even the Parashat HaShavua, Miriam Anevia, she had a very good attention. But unfortunately, she will fall to the Lashonara. Mm. Okay, as, as a teacher, I can't, uh, so personally, speaking for myself, I say that I don't think we want bad for our students. Yeah, Paravnis, it's wonderful to have your <laughs> input, by the way. It's so nice. I miss it. Okay, you know, this far away, you will be a liquid and Yeah, uh, yeah Paravnis. Thank really you so much. much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. How, should we go to some of those boys that you said were holding on her of Nissim? Okay, yeah, we have Noah. He's very impatient. You know, let's, let's Ooh, go. let's go to Noah. Let's go to Noah. Hello. No, hello. Hello. Um, I have a classmate of mine. Yeah. That's his family and our family. They're very, very close friends. And he's been a friend of mine for... For a number of years, we've been uh, we were in the same grade in the same class, yeshiva, since nursery, I could say. Yeah. And we had a very, very good relationship. And this year, some stuff started to stiffen up. Mm-hmm. And what I could what I could say, I get a little paranoid. And then he would do certain stuff, and I'd get annoyed. And I would look at him, and I would tell him to stop, and I would... So called bother. And mm-hmm. he he has some influence on his rabbi. And my rabbi also. And he tell he he told he told out and he tells out all the time. I mean that I don't have a problem with. But what do you do wrong that he should tell out? 
that he should report something. He does. What I'm thinking now, what I, uh, not, not he does. I mean, he stopped a little. This is more at the beginning of the year. And he did stuff that annoyed me. He made funny sounds. He sang all the time. He drummed all the time. I can't say acted weird, but no way yet. And whenever he did something, I, I, I commented on it. Like, in that a nice way, I used to look at him certain ways, and he didn't like it. I mean, he called it bothering. He called it, um, I mean, I, I agree with him at that point. He called it, he looked at it as in, I'm chasing him, um, I'm trying to get him down the back, I'm trying to get him. And he told him the Rebbe, and the Rebbe was on top of it. And the, All right, let um, me ask you, what's your question? Let's go to your question. Your question is what? Okay, now, my rabbi solved some stuff. I uh, it stopped a little. I mean, some, someone right, let, told me. Let me ask me, you a question. Why don't you find more friends? Why are you still with him? I have friends. It's just, I mean, now he's, he's, not, he's not really my friend, I could say. Good. I have so other friends. He's just... We don't get along. Um, Good. Some friction. So don't. Why do you have to get along? We don't get along. Good. And so move on. I'm afraid it's going to happen again. What? Yeah. How? If you don't have much to do with him, how's anything going to happen again? What's he going to tell the Rebbe about? That I'm bothering him. Well, why would you bother him if you have nothing to do with him? Because he's getting me annoyed. Ah, how does he get you annoyed? He sings, he makes. So he sings, and the rest of the class hears him sing, and you're the one that tells him something. Again? He sings, other boys are around, they don't say anything, and you are the one that says something. Yeah, I'll that's tell you, we got thing. a minute to go over here. Okay. So what I'd like you to recognize is it's about you letting go of him means there are some kids, and I call you like the leaders of the class, means you feel comfortable doing things, you feel comfortable disagreeing with others, you feel comfortable if someone will tell you something. And what we would like you to recognize is to be able to let go. Let go means that you don't have to say everything. Let go means if he does things that annoy you, you don't have to lead. You don't have to say anything about this kid, ignore. Are you able to ignore? That will be the question for you to learn. That's the next step in your growth. I'd like to thank you all for holding so long on the line and for everyone that is calling in. Thank you and Merit looking forward to being with you next week on the air again. Thank you and Harav Nissen. What a pleasure and appreciation and a schuss to do this program. Thank you all. Thank you.